job up. Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys podcast, <laughs> an in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm so thrilled to be joined by my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Brian, I am a loyal soldier. I follow orders, but I'm not an unthinking droid. <laughs> <clears throat> you should be given the respect to make decisions, especially when you're uh, yes. led astray by bad orders. Right? Uh, I'm not going to listen to some stupid <clears throat> Jedi. No way. I can make my own decision. <laughs> and then go right to the dark side, because that's how I roll. Peace! I'm out! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> In case you haven't picked up on the fact, we're going to continue our discussion of uh, the Domino Squad from the Clone Wars tonight. It's kind of fun. We kicked it off last month, and we're picking it up this time with the Citadel arc and the Umbara arc. So yeah, did you get a continuing chance... our. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Did you get a chance to rewatch the, the episodes? Oh, of course I did. I was live tweeting it a bit on Twitter. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I had some feelings, I had some thoughts. <laughs> but I've just been enjoying um, going through and just rewatching everything Fives, watching him grow, watching him learn. Oh, Fives. We love you. Like, no spoilers just yet for where this all goes for Fives, but. Uh... Oh, fives. I have feelings about him. <laughs> I think he's severely, like, underappreciated. Oh, um, definitely. Well, maybe not so much from fandom. I know fives is definitely up there, along with, like, Rex as just one of the one of the clones that's beloved by just about everybody. I don't think I've ever met anybody except for maybe Dave Filoni, who doesn't like fives. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. i just want to i want to go up to dave filoni someday and just be all like how did fives hurt you what did fives do to you why do you hate my son why do you hate fives <laughs> i think fives is just like the scapegoat of life as a clone and in, yeah he because you get such a beautiful arc that shows the beginning middle and end you know yeah, I think uh, maybe Poster Boy is kind of the better. All right. Yeah, That's how I would describe boy. him. He's kind of our Poster Boy for clone life. Um, just, yeah, our living, thriving example of of what it, what it really meant to be a clone soldier and just how the, the war, the Clone War, just completely uh, eviscerated these soldiers. It, it wasn't good, you know, how they were bred and raised to do just this one thing and then the war just ate them up and spat them out it was so sad oh fives <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why i thought anything else was going to happen to five but you know that's getting way ahead we're talking about the citadel arc and the Embar arc tonight which of course does a lot to four or five's uh story yeah. but uh not just him but also um his his other brothers echo uh, echo yep yep so yeah it should be fun Absolutely. You want to get right into it? Maybe start off with our poll, yeah? Yeah, it was really hard to come up with a poll this week. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do you want to read uh, what we had? Absolutely, yeah. So it was an easy poll this week. Um, between the, the Citadel and Umbara, these two locations for these two different arcs, we just wanted to know, hey, what's the cooler setting? And uh, the overwhelming winner, I think, was the Citadel. That's the one that won. Our good friend Amy on Twitter said uh, uh, she picks the Citadel because of the Tarkin and Anakin shipping. Oh, boy. Oh, I have oh a feeling boy. we're going to get into that tonight. <laughs> we'll get into it. Oh, we'll get into it. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I I picked uh. the Citadel personally because I think that the Citadel is like one of the coolest environments of the Clone Wars. It's basically um, Mustafar crossed with... Uh, Alcatraz, 
<clears throat> and then like a, it's like a yellow mustafar crossed with an alcatraz so like it's oh, got an yeah. old architecture that they don't really have current plans for but there's a sewer system that they can travel <laughs> through gross <laughs> in finn's words oh, that smelled great <laughs> 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 yeah. I uh I I didn't particularly want to vote in this poll. It was I don't I don't love either option cuz honestly both both of those places are horrible to me. I I wouldn't want to go to either. It's just like, uh, do I have, have to? <laughs> there, there's there's other places in Star Wars I'd rather visit. But then I saw um Amy polling for the uh the Citadel simply because that's where Anakin met his true love. Oh. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. The Citadel, if only because that's the better date location. <laughs> the Citadel's yeah. planet is like blown in half; like half of it's missing. That's the other thing that's pretty cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's true. It did. It did look pretty cool. Uh, Umbara though had a kind of neat like um, avatar. Absolutely. The, uh, Pandora that that avatar, blue people avatar, not mm-hmm. Avatar: The Last Airbender avatar. What is that? No. <laughs> What? Oh, don't eat. Oh, you almost got me there, Brian. I like my heart stopped in my chest. I was like, hold up. Wait, you've never heard of Avatar The Last Airbender? Like, oh my gosh. No, you almost got me there. Oh, you don't know. You don't do that to me because that's when the conversation stops and it becomes an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. <laughs> but no, I did think Umbara, it really did remind me of like of Pandora um, with the whole like bioluminescent plants and stuff like that, which is in theory is very pretty. But then also it has plants on the ground that just want to eat you. Like that's the only reason they're there is specifically to consume me. And it, that's just not a place I want to go. It definitely nah, looks like that's... a planet that needs to be watched like with a black light. Are you familiar <laughs> with black lights? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, in my college days we <laughs> I had a uh, roller rink. <laughs> a roller rink. <laughs> now in the nineties, in the nineties, it was cool to go to like a roller rink, and they would put on the black light, and then you would you know, have glow in the dark skate parties. <laughs> yep, that was That's my how we college life. <laughs> that was like every birthday party in the nineties that I ever went to. And you stare <laughs> at a light. lava lamp. I mean, you know. Oh. Uh, no, I think Lava Lamps was before before all that. No, it, it, I remember the 90s being all about glow-in-the-dark stuff and glow-in-the-dark skating parties and stuff like that. So anyway, stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. He digress. All right. We're, yeah, we're talking about talking about Domino Squad. Where do you think – where do you want to start off, Brian? What Let's do you think? start with the Citadel arc. Sure, yeah. It's a good place to start. It com- Chronologically, it comes before Umbara, so good place to start. Yeah, like <clears> – <throat> It's a kind of a strange arc to look at through the perspective of Fives because Fives has a very minor role in this one. But I think there's an interesting uh, parallel between Ahsoka in following orders versus uh, the clones following orders in Umbara that we can get into later. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it thematically all ties together. But you're right when you say that Fives is kind of a minor character in the Citadel arc. I mean, he's certainly there and he certainly plays a role. Mm-hmm. And uh, and gosh, Echo certainly plays a role. So the clones are definitely part of that episode. But the main character, I think, it, it oscillates between Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. their dealings with uh, Tarkin and Master Peel. So... Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting. Like Ahsoka wants to go on the mission with Anakin, and he basically is like, "It's too dangerous. I don't want to risk your life on this mission." So she doesn't get the answer that she wants. So she basically pulls the, "If you're not going to give me the answer, I'm going to ask somebody else to get the answer." I want. <laughs> and she asks yeah. Plo Koon. Uh, and she basically just stows away on the mission in the carbon freeze. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, when one parent says no, you go and ask the other parent. Yes. <laughs> that parent says yes. <laughs> I mean, you don't that mean to good. like take the legs out from the person you're co-parenting with, but sometimes you just aren't aware that they said no. 
Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, I think Ahsoka was pretty open about it. She went up to Plo Clune and was all like, oh, Master Anakin's keeping me out of the fight. That's so unfair. And then she gave him big puppy dog eyes, and you just knew Plo Clune was was a goner. Like, yeah. You just knew he was going to give Ahsoka whatever she wanted. He, he's the one who, who brought Ahsoka into the Jedi, right? Yeah, he uh, found her. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you just you just knew, like... Ahsoka had him wrapped around her little finger, basically. Uh, man, before we get too far into it, I just want to say I kind of really hate this arc because Ahsoka <laughs> and Al- Adigalia are the only women who are allowed to talk, are the only women who are even seen. Man, I'm sorry, but just going back and watching the Clone Wars reminded me just how it was so rare to see Ahsoka talk to another woman. Like anytime she and Padme were in the same room was just about, you know, one of the few times she would actually get to talk to, there would just be episodes and episodes at a time where you would just go without even seeing a female character and even less seeing two female characters interacting together. And just, you know, when we had Tarkin and all these Jedi and all these clones and then, you know, Ahsoka, yeah, she gets a big part, and then Adigalia gets, like, one line. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, right, there's not a lot of women in Star Wars. Or at least there didn't used to be. It was kind. It kind of bummed me out to to go back and rewatch these episodes and just remember kind of the, the dark times before the Empire. No, <laughs> before the dark times. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> before Rey came along. Uh, yeah. There, was, there definitely was mm-hmm. less women back then, like... And as you said, they yeah. they didn't interact as much. I mean, even now, the female to female interactions are pretty minimal. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting a little bit better in the recent movies um, and content, oh, yeah. but it, it it's I got it's got a ways to go. If you you know what I mean. Yeah, well, just like I, I would get so weary, you know, where just like a new character walks in and and it's it's another guy, you know, a new Jedi walks in, um, who's uh, I'm sorry, who's the Master Peel? Yeah, Master Peel walks in, and then later Master um, Krell walks in. I'm just all like, okay, two new guys, and and. <laughs> And then, you know, uh, we have Obi-Wan and Anakin and Tarkin and all the clones. And all of these men are different. And all these men are, are distinct. You know, the, the choices that Tarkin makes aren't necessarily the choices that Anakin makes. So it aren't the choices that Obi-Wan makes. But then the women so rarely get to be distinct. They all sometimes, I think, have to fit into the same archetype. They all have to be tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And the choices that Ahsoka makes are you know are those the same choices that Adigalia would make we don't know because we don't get to see them all that much you know what I mean like I don't know I feel like there's a lot of times where the choices that Ahsoka make aren't all that different than the choices that like say Padme would make and the same when like Padme and and um Satine were in the same room and they were just it was really cool to see them be friends and get along and stuff but at the same time I was like okay but show me where you two are different show me where a decision that you make where Padme makes is different than something Satine would do. You know what I mean? I think like the, the men got to be more diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the best example of um, like that kind of relationship, I think is between Barris and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm getting a little off track. I, I, I it's know. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I, I, it's definitely a thing. I mean, I, I went mm-hmm. through and kind of wrote down who all was in these episodes and, by far, they are mostly, mostly men. Exactly, um, yeah. And so, like, that, it is an interesting observation. Yeah, that's that's something that really stuck out to me when I was going back and watching. I was just kind of like, oh, right. The female representation back then wasn't great. I mean, I guess in context, it was doing a lot better than Star Wars previous. You know, it, every step we've taken in Star Wars has been towards better and better representation it just it kind of bummed me out to go back and just remember oh yeah ahsoka kind of was the token chick for a while for a long while for a long while did oh, you well. like the joke that five said when he says i don't want to end up as a wall direct decoration when they oh my go god into carbon freezing oh my god <laughs> i did like that it's um 
I, I never know quite how to feel when carbon freezing comes up in, in Star Wars. Um, I mean, it's it's a cool thing, and it, it's a neat thing to have in our Star Wars lore. But I kind of thought the point in The Empire Strikes Back was that nobody really knew what this was going to do to Han Solo. They didn't know if he was going to survive, and they didn't know that this was a viable way to transport human beings. Beings. I kind of thought it was like, well, this is something we use for ship parts. You know, this is something we do to keep um, delicate things safe in transport. And they were all like, um, well, we're going to test it out on Han Solo to make sure that it won't kill Luke Skywalker. Well, yeah. Maybe it was <laughs> and then, just. The... And now they're just like casually doing it. I'm yeah. sorry, what? Maybe it was just a facility yeah. in Cloud City that hadn't been tested because they definitely seem to. In, in this episode of the Clone Wars, have the expectation that they'll mm-hmm. be able to survive, I think. Yeah, exactly. And so then I'm like, well, then if Anakin has done this before, in fact, like gone through it himself, why did he need to test it on Han Solo? But but you're right. There's like mental gymnastics we could do to get there. Just be like, oh, this is a really low grade facility. They didn't know if they had the right tools, blah, 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 blah or something like that. It's just um, uh, it, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah. If something happens once in Star Wars, it has to happen in all the Star Wars. <laughs> I, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. Yeah. I'm surprised how many... Um, I In the Citadel arc, I think that there's a big difference between the quote-unquote hero clones and the mm. quote-unquote um, just generically armored clones. I almost want to call them red shirts because... They're basically I mean, there yeah. to die. Yeah, they're basically red shirts. <laughs> um, because there's definitely like the generic clones that that just get killed left and right in the Citadel arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. I feel like I feel like that's kind of part of the point when when you have a, a series like this, a big action series, and, and one uh, about a war, and we want to show that there are stakes in this war, and, and people can die you do kind of need to have red shirts. People need to die every now and again. But if that person has a name and that person is a character, then it becomes a lot harder to kill off that character. So you need maskless. I mean, people in masks, people without names that you can just kind of kill off. But then it's kind of, it's weirdly self-defeating because then kind of, I thought the whole point was that these clones are people and killing them off the way we do just in star Wars as a franchise, you know, the way we just go through stormtrooper after stormtrooper clone trooper after clone trooper. Um, we do kind of get numb to it after a while where it's just all like, Oh yeah, there goes another stormtrooper. It it doesn't really matter because there's a hundred more of you, but when you think about it, no, that was a person. And if they're all distinct in the force, then that was a unique human life that was just lost. But, but you're right. It, it, in the, in the Citadel arc and then Umbar arc too, we just lose clones by the droves. Oh yeah. And I don't think they gave them like the quote unquote hero paintings or the different colorings so that they are less, uh, personified in that way mm-hmm. were you surprised the way that echo died uh, i don't know if i was surprised but i was certainly heartbroken how so where he just goes out there i just, i didn't want to see him go man i really liked okay. echo he was my favorite <laughs> <laughs> i mean fives is my favorite but echo was my other favorite <laughs> so i think I just i didn't want him to go man <laughs> i think echo died doing something Mm -hmm. that wasn't his typical self sure yeah because he wasn't like following someone else's orders he kind of made up his own mind it was like the one time he made up his own mind to do something to try to help the team he stepped out of his comfort zone and tried to um bring down the guns basically and he gets shot and dies in that moment exactly do you think then he should have just followed orders? <sighs> isn't that kind of isn't that kind of the point? Maybe I, I yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it's saying is the one time he doesn't follow orders and he kind of makes his own path is the time that he gets killed. And yeah, I think but, that they're I mean, setting it's... that up for a larger story later. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it was necessarily meant to be a cautionary tale. Like, oh, he didn't follow orders. See what happens when. 
you don't follow orders, it gets you killed. I think it was more playing with that theme of, you know, if he had follow orders, would the rest of his team died? What, you know, is this a brave and good thing that he's done, but it made him, he had to pay a price for it. You know, he did make up his own mind and it did get him killed, but he was able to save everyone. It is interesting that they bring uh, Echo back in the Bad Batch arc in the Star the Clone mm-hmm. Wars Legacy. Because um, <clears throat> I, I totally thought that he was dead, but uh, Filoni kept him for uh, part of Season 7. Oh, that's Batch. nice. Yeah. Can we talk about your Anakin and Tarkin love, your observations? <laughs> We should definitely talk about it. <laughs> we really should. So, um, so yeah, I had not, I haven't watched these episodes in years, honestly. If I sit down with the Clone Wars, it's to watch the Maul episodes, it's to watch uh, the Mortis arc, it's to watch the Padme episodes. <laughs> um, I, I, I rarely go back and rewatch, you know, yeah, this clone stuff or, or stuff that's just kind of about the war about the Mm. droids you know it's that's just not my jam i've seen them they're good episodes like i understand and appreciate the stories being told here but uh for you know my time investment i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna have fun with maul honestly sure um so yeah these episodes that i haven't seen in years i was sitting down and, and yeah having a really good time uh you know just going back and revisiting these and then i was kind of like i i think anakin and tarkin are flirting well, just like, you know, when they're both, well, they're both sitting there, you know, they're standing there and they're all like, oh, wow, you know, I, I rarely meet a Jedi who is, you know, thinks is the, the way I do. And, and Anakin's all like, oh, well, you're actually someone who agrees with me for a change. You know, they both think that the Jedi um, aren't really fit to lead this war because of their code. You know, they're not supposed to be soldiers. So then what are they doing leading soldiers? You know, and, and Tarkin is pointing out kind of how problematic that is. And, you know, he thinks they need to go further if they want to have victory. And just, yeah, they're really playing up this connection, this, you know, almost kindred spirit between Tarkin and Anakin. And then they just start bragging at each other about how close they are to the Chancellor. It's like, well, you know, I know the Chancellor person. Personally. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And just the, the wink, wink, nudge, nudging that they keep doing at each other. I'm just all like, they are totally flirting. And so, you know, I just make that joke. I post it on Twitter because I'm like, tee hee, they're totally flirting. But then I get to the end of the episode and I'm like, oh, no, because because Tarkin's all like a job well done, Master Skywalker. And, and, and then they reach forward and shake hands and look meaningfully at each other. I, oh, my heart exploded. I was on Twitter going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tarkin Anakin confirmed. I just honestly, I, I just I sure hope it doesn't lead to a secret wedding on Naboo. Like. <laughs> That would just be the worst, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I love it. I have a new ship. It's Tarkin slash Anakin and it's it's canon, quite honestly. I don't I don't know how you can look at those episodes and not Can't not just ship a it. couple dude bros be complimentary to nah. one another? Nah, man, nah. <laughs> you know Anakin. Anakin is incapable of like being complimented and not immediately going, I love you. I'll die for you. Like that's just that's how Anakin ticks, you know. <laughs> if any if anybody is remotely nice to Anakin, he will immediately fall in love with you. That's just Anakin's character. All right, <laughs> he's in love with Tarkin. Uh, I think that I think Tarkin is my favorite voice for Stephen Stanton. Yeah, um, that's Stephen Stanton. Yep, he's he done a lot really of voices. Good job in that. Mm-hmm. And he was in, uh, he did Ben Kenobi in Twin Sons. He did. He did. So yes, very, very talented. Do you, do you think that the Jedi aren't fit to lead in a war? Do you think that their morals do compromise their ability to make the tough decisions to go far enough? Uh, from a certain point of view. I think um, from a, a military mind like Tarkin, certainly. Uh, but from a, a clone point of view, the clones definitely, I think, like having a Jedi in charge of their unit because the Jedi value their lives more than victory. 
But then somebody mm. like Tarkin, you know, would would see the victory. You know, I, I don't think Tarkin would necessarily be cavalier with people's lives, but he would certainly be more calculating than I think clone troopers would would appreciate. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, it depends on your point of view, really. I understand why Tarkin thinks so. Yeah. No. So. But uh, maybe he just wants that second date with Anakin. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Secret lovers. <laughs> That's uh... what we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, send me that fanfic. Send me. Listen, listen. If somebody out there also ships it, send me all your Tarkin Anakin fan art. I'm fanfic. pretty sure I you convinced it. Amy already. I just, I love it. I'm so glad. I need, <laughs> I need partners in this like hellish crusade of mine to ship. You're also <laughs> ripping out Anakin. Padme's heart, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're going down a path she can't follow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Padme's into it. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. We don't know. All right. All right. <laughs> also, what, Pat, what Padme don't know. Listen, listen. Tarkin don't need to know that Anakin's married. <laughs> and Padme don't need to know about Tarkin, okay? <laughs> Tarkin Maybe knows that's a lot true. about Anakin. I mean, he knows that uh, yeah, he does. Anakin, basically. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He knows what's going on underneath that mask. You know, maybe that's why Leia was... So upset when she saw Tarkin, she's like, "I should have recognized your foul stench." She's just upset <laughs> that her dad was with Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> she's just looking at Tarkin like, "You're not my real dad." Someone was holding his leash. <laughs> oh no! Come on, baby. <laughs> I can't. I, can't. I just can't. Go on without me. I can't do it. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Leia, Leia just all like, you know, looking at stepdad Tarkin. Just like, oh. no. She can't. Whatever happens behind uh. closed doors, you know. <laughs> she's just like, you know, she, she, they're like, Leia, we want you to be part of the wedding. We want you to be the flower girl. And she's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the right. queen would not approve. No. The queen doesn't need to know. Well, I don't approve. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry. We were talking about clones. <laughs> mm. All right, so the Umbara arc. Mm -hmm. You know the Dark Side Force users? There was somebody missing on off of my list. Oh, yeah, you think? Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, Pong Krell is an amazing, 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 amazing design and character in the clone wars like i love him like you take dexter jester from dexter's diner and make him a jedi and give him two <laughs> double bladed lightsabers put him on first put him on a treadmill for a little bit <laughs> oh my gosh he's so badass Right, yeah. No, I, I did. I really liked the way he moved, and I did really like the double lightsaber thing. I thought that was a great idea. That was just perfect for his character design. Because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, if you do have two arms like that, or sorry, four arms. He has extra arms. Every Most people have two arms. Right. But if you got extra, you know, arms to spare, then yeah, get, get you those two double-bladed lightsabers. That's crazy. It's a. It was almost General Grievous like in the way he used four arms to oh, yeah. fight. Yeah. And he had that whirlwind like lightsaber effect at times when he would just spin him and there was no defense against it. Like you you couldn't get in there because it was just a whirlwind of lightsabers. Um. Yeah. What is the name of their species? I don't actually know. I wrote it down. It's called. Basilisk. It almost sounds like something straight out of Harry Potter, but um, it does. Yeah, no, they're he's cool. A basilisk from a jome. Mm. O J O M. Oh, okay. Learn something new every day. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to keep harping on this, but there was no reason why his character couldn't have been a woman. That would have been amazing. <laughs> like, like 
you know, the female of like Dexter's species, like that would have been really cool to see. Um, man, I don't mean to keep harping on that though. Okay. It was a really cool character design. Absolutely. Yes. Um, uh, you see this guy's dark side though. Oh yeah. Like I think that he was basically a saw's ventures. Okay. All right. Like he, he fully admits that he's no longer a Jedi, that he is hoping to become a dark Lord of the Sith and become Dooku's apprentice. He's got aspirations of becoming a Dark Lord of the Sith. So I guess I guess maybe I'm too much of a Sith snob. I'm like, no, you're not there yet. You don't <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, maybe I'm I'm too much of a snob, or I'm just like, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't trained for this. He hasn't he hasn't earned it. <laughs> you know, there's well, there's there's a real big difference in my mind between a fallen Jedi, a Jedi that just like like doesn't know what they're doing or how to just you know, just kind of lost their way. And then somebody who is actually Sith and wants to be Sith and knows what that means. I, I don't know, but maybe I'm just being a snob. <laughs> okay. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You can, that's fine. I'm a Sith snob. <laughs> so the Umbara arc is basically, uh, it's almost like an all-star team of clone wars of, of mm-hmm. clones. Like every, almost every name, uh, hero character in the Clone Wars comes back to the Umbara arc and is on Umbara when they they deal with Punkrell. Um, mm-hmm. We get introduced to a couple new clones as well, including Tup, who is pretty pivotal in the Fives arc. Um, we see Apo, who is in Revenge of the Sith at the Jedi Temple, Hard Case. Uh, which was in the Deserter episode. Dogma is the guy with the check mark. Jesse's the guy with the Republican cog on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, Kicks and Waxer. Waxer's the yellow commander. You may remember him from the Ryloth episodes. Um, and then you have, of course, Rex, Cody, and Fives. Like, so it's just they put yeah. a lot of clones in this episode. Um, and- it's just so. So basically, when we see one of them die, or, you know, or I'm sorry. So it's like you were saying earlier, when we have like a whole troop of clones, you're like, OK, I know Rex is going to be fine because he has a name. But all the rest of these guys are are red shirts. Right. You know, those are the ones those are disposable, basically. And when you have a whole team made up of clones that you care about, it like it really gets your your heart pumping because you're like, oh, which one of these guys am I going to lose and it's really sad because i don't want to lose any of them i love them all yeah like and you you do lose a few along the way like hard case dies on the um Mm -hmm. trade federation ship um yeah so and so basically anakin they start with anakin and the 501st battalion attacking umbara trying to regain the capital. Anakin gets called back to um, Coruscant, and Punkrell comes in to take over, uh, leading the 501st Battalion. And he's basically a new Jedi that the clones don't really have a lot of relationship with. They just has a a history... That, they know him by reputation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he has a reputation of... Basically, he kills the most clones under his command like the most clones get killed under his command like he has a a legacy of causing the most deaths in 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 Mm -hmm. the clone battalions that he's in charge of so they're a little uneasy and mistrusting him and then on top of that right from the get-go instead of calling them like their personal names like rex or um fives he calls Mm -hmm. them by the call sign designations so like he'll call rex um ct7567 and it's just it feels so demeaning when he starts calling the clones that yeah do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean because it's so impersonal and it's just it just reminds them that they're not people he doesn't see them as people he just sees them as droids basically and they're not they're not supposed to be droids. 
um, kind of the whole point of having a clone army was that they were able to think and make their own decisions. But it's just the way um, the way Prongrel uh, addresses them is just completely dehumanizing, and it just really breaks your heart watching it. Oh, it so does. Like, mm-hmm. it really, really does. Especially considering how much they've grown since the uh, rookie episode right right like getting their identity and owning Mm -hmm. that and becoming who they're kind of meant to be um and now they're being restored back to the just the call sign yeah just the way he dresses them down is it's so sad i just want to like run up to him and slap him across the face and be all like do you know what my son has been through yeah this is Rex, okay? He has a name. This one's Fives, and I love him. <laughs> he will respect my son. They have uh, questions. I just want to protect them, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They question whether or not Corell is actually trying to get them killed. Um, mm-hmm. And the battles on the Umbara arc, I called it the closest to the battle of Geonosis that I've seen since Geonosis because it was just so grand scale of oh, the certainly. Of clones that are involved. Oh, it's very cinematic, yeah. I mean, then that's the whole point of the end of the Clone Wars. I mean, obviously, uh, end of Attack of the Clones is what I meant. Um, that ending sequence in Attack of the Clones is so cinematic. I mean, obviously, because it's a movie. And so it's very fitting for the big screen and um, the the battles in this one, in uh, this series of, of cartoon episodes, basically, I get that same feeling with just how kind of grand it is. It really does feel like something that that would belong up there on the big screen um absolutely absolutely good call <laughs> yeah and the clones make a comment about Pongkrell's leading leadership style where Pongkrell tends to lead from basically behind enemy lines um he orders them into the danger zone like no man's land so that they mm-hmm. take all the risk and he has none of the risks whereas yeah. the other jedi are leading like up front with the clones sharing the risks and the big difference in leadership of that of those two different styles was interesting oh yeah certainly um uh going back to the uh, um uh the citadel arc real quick yeah uh did you notice how like you know when 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 a clone dies even echo you know even when we've come to love as much as Echo, when one of them dies, the plot keeps moving. But when a Jedi dies, when uh, when Pyle Peel Pyle Pyle, yes. Master Peel, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Pyle dies, everything stops, and everything has to. We have to eulogize this guy and give him a proper funeral and everything. You know, I it it, it kind of breaks my heart. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of this these episodes just breaks my heart. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, Pyle did come and share the risk, but at the end of the day, when he gave his life, his life was honored much more than than any of these clones. It's just so so sad. I think a lot it of the clones me, are left yeah. behind. I don't even think that they gather mm-hmm. the dead. And yeah. Uh, yeah, not the way they did with Pyle. They like wrapped him up all nice and gave him a nice funeral. Like, you're right, the clones are just left behind, just left where they drop. Yeah. Like they're droids. Like they're just droid parts, basically, because that's what happens when a droid, you know, yeah. it gets blown up. Their parts are just left on the ground. It's so yeah. sad. Uh, I think it's like um, it reminds me. I wish I had um, I wish I had the book within arm's reach, but I don't. It's in another room. Okay. But it reminds me of uh, the seventh Harry Potter book when uh, spoilers for Harry Potter. I mean, honestly, though, if you haven't read Harry Potter yet, what are you doing <laughs> with your life? <laughs> in the seventh Harry Potter book, when uh, when one of the Weasley twins dies and um, uh, Harry Potter has uh, has that moment where uh, the battle is still raging on. But Harry is looking at his his friends, you know, who's meant so much to him and thinking, why hasn't the battle stopped? Why hasn't everything everyone gone quiet because you know because his friend is dead yeah you know like and it was and it is it's so hard for one of the weasley twins to die because the weasley twins are so funny and we loved them so much that's how i feel when i see echo die i'm like why why didn't everything stop why didn't everything why didn't everybody 
quietly bow their heads when Echo died. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then when they all stop for for <laughs> Pyel, who I don't really care about, honestly. Sorry, but I don't love him as much as I love Echo. I'm like, oh, okay, we stopped for this guy, but we didn't stop for a clone because the clone's lives are just valued less, honestly. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like an interesting um, Jedi from... I think he was in the Phantom Menace in the Jedi Council, and he's oh, not yeah, we saw in, him in the room. Attack yeah. of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Wait. Well, no. this would have happened after Attack of the Clones. Okay, the, yeah. This episode would have happened after Attack of the Clones, but maybe he's not in Revenge of the Sith. That would make sense if he died here. Yeah. Yeah. The, um... I think that Dogma is an interesting clone... In oh, this certainly. arc because he's basically the good soldiers follow orders and yeah. he's all about the the rules of following orders uh, like he's following the leadership of his commander no matter what he's kind of the blind <laughs> he puts blind faith into the leadership of Pong Krell. yeah oh definitely I mean, I th- that's why his name is Dogma. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's very aptly named. Very, very true. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, that means he's the one, I think, who has some of the most growth. That's him and Fives, really. Yeah. Who show the most growth in this one. Because, uh, of course, at the at the end of this arc, he's the one who, who takes the shot. He, uh, he, he kills Poncrell. Because Poncrell was the one who, you know, basically threw their lives away. And betrayed all of them. Can I read read five speech? Sure, yeah. I hope you can live with yourself, Dogma. Ready, weapons? Never thought we'd go out this way. Aim! Wait! This is wrong, and we all know it. The general is making a mistake, and he needs to be called on it. No clone should have to go out this way. We are loyal soldiers. We follow orders, but we are not a bunch of unthinking droids. We are men. We must be trusted to make the right decisions, especially when the orders we are given are wrong. Fire! What happened? Yeah, it's a good speech. And it really just shows how much Fives has learned and how much he's grown uh, that he can just be so certain in who he is and who uh, the role they play as soldiers. Um, He was the one who asked Rex uh, earlier in the episode when when Rex says, I follow orders. uh, Fives is the one who asks, is that what you believe or is that what you've been programmed to believe? You know, the... I think the clones have so much in common with the droids, honestly. They're, or at least they feel like they do, because the droids are just given orders, they're given programming, they're told what to think and where to go and what to do. And the clones are much the same, but they're not droids, they're not machines, they're flesh and blood. And yeah, they have a degree of programming, but they are they are distinct in the Force. They are their own people. They're not... You know, uh, one droid looks exactly like the next droid because, you know, they're all made in a in a factory on an assembly line, not unlike the clones, but <laughs> but they're but they're different on the inside. Yeah. You know, a, a droid is, is going to be pretty much the same as the next droid, but a clone, it can be wildly different from the next clone, even though they look the same on the outside. They may so have this, just mm-hmm. they may have the same DNA, yeah. but they're going to have different life experiences and different training so it's going to shape them into different ways you know what i mean oh yeah precisely and just that anybody would expect them to be to be like droids to be so unquestionably yes sir no sir i you know it just kind of it really shows uh i don't know what i'm trying to say it shows just kind of how fundamentally broken this whole clone war was from 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 its very inception uh, from the the minute the the, uh, the clone army was commissioned it was just built on on bad logic and just bad thinking 
honestly, that you could just raise a whole group of people just to be soldiers and just to fight and throw their lives away, you know? Yeah. I, I, this weekend, I um, mm-hmm. I revisited the beginning, which is the documentary from The Phantom Menace. Um, if mm-hmm. you have a Blu-ray mm-hmm. or if you have a DVD, it should be on there. And it's also on YouTube. Um, and there's a part in the beginning that talks about um, it's basically George Lucas giving a tour to Steven Spielberg either super early or after hours of and telling him what the plot of The Phantom Menace is going to be and he shows him basically a, a makeup of the ba- the battle droids from The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like these are the new stormtroopers um and Steven's like, oh, cool, that's that's great. Um, and George is like, these are the droids, but they're not very good. Uh, Jedi just cut them like butter. And eventually they'll figure <laughs> that out, that the, these droids are not um, as good as having a clone would be, having a person in, in armor would be. Because I think George really wanted to make a statement that um, – having a free will person is a better soldier than an automatron droid as as you said oh certainly um gosh and i love i love what what this says about war kind of the the theme that star wars is playing with uh it was war basically and the stormtroopers and the clone troopers i really think that theme has been carried from the prequels and through the OT and now into the sequel trilogy. I was talking about on Twitter, not to go too far afield, but I really strongly feel that the themes being played with in these episodes with the, you know, hey, we're not droids, we're men, we're soldiers, but we're men, um, is being culminated in Finn. Did you see did you see that Twitter rant of mine? <laughs> I'm not sure if I did. <laughs> I may have. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, because I because I want to I want to rant about it okay, again here, where I feel like, um, uh, you know, Finn and DJ talk about the machine, how war is a machine, and it just it's going to consume everybody it can. That's what it did to Rose's planet. Mm-hmm. It just completely consumed Rose's planet and and consumed her people. It and uh, in. Finn's choice then is to either be defeated by this great wheel, this great machine, or rise up against it the way Rose has. It's, you know, driven her instead of defeated her. Mm-hmm. And um, the, because if this, nobody really hates that machine more than Finn does, because if this great machine of war consumes anybody, it's stormtroopers. It's clone troopers. That, um, clone troopers were the machine at its apex, you know, when it specifically, it not only consumed uh, soldiers, it created them. It, it, the only reason the clones exist were, were to be fed into this machine and consumed and destroyed and spat back out basically. So that's, that's, um, that was the, the height of, of this great machine. And now the saga has reached a point where, um, uh, the uh, Finn, he's not a clone per se, but he was taken as a child and then taught to do only one thing, fight. And he's supposed to live and die by that machine. And and when he shows the smallest amount of nonconformity, Phasma calls him a bug in the system. You know, he, he is somebody who's fought back against what was otherwise a perfect machine. And, you know... And then he has to rise up to strike down Phasma. And I thought, I feel so strongly that that is like a culmination of kind of this arc that we're playing with. It's not just for Finn, but for soldiers as a as an entire unit. You know, it's it's a story that began with the clone troopers, has been carried on through the stormtroopers, and is now culminating in Finn, where finally somebody is going to break that machine. And I and I think the imagery was so clear how Finn was literally risen up to strike down phasma who was you know the uh, she uh, they made it clear in phasma's book that she is um 
that's how you get ahead in this machine. She is the the perfect soldier. She is the perfect uh, uh, weapon of war. And how Finn is able to be quite literally risen up and then smacks down this person who told him to follow orders, who told him that he was a bug because he wouldn't follow orders. I think I think that's so smart and that's so good. And I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I think a perfect way to kind of round out not only Finn's arc, but again, this whole overreaching arc of clone troopers and stormtroopers would be for Finn to to liberate the First Order stormtroopers in, in episode nine. To Again, not them? to go, not to, not to, yeah, to liberate them to, you know, if, if we're going to dismantle the first order, what better way to do it than to, you know, take away its army, yeah. basically, you know, to show them that there's another way. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't, yeah, I don't want to go too far afield and I don't <laughs> want to get my hopes up too much for what I want nine to be. But I, but again, when we're talking about the clone troopers and what it meant to be a clone trooper trooper and how they were distinct from droids i really firmly see that arc being carried on in finn i i see that i like i i see what you're saying with that and i would agree yeah <clears throat> okay now so dogma kills uh punk krill mm-hmm, because... because he was giving them bad orders and he was in fact setting them up to die because he's a bad 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 man, do you, do and he doesn't respect my sons. Fives would have done it, or do you think fives would have done the right thing and not killed him? Mm, it's hard to say. I think I think he might have done it if just to save his brothers, because if it came down to it, you know, he would do what was best for his brothers. But I think it was so perfect that Dogma did it. Yeah, because Dogma was kind of wrong in a more perverse way where he was led to believe that killing his brothers was a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, because those were the orders, you know? So yeah, yeah, that was, that was so perfect because dogma encapsulated what that meant to, to just be the person that will follow the orders. And even when those orders were wrong and even when those orders are, Hey, kill your brothers. Well, those are the orders and you just, you just follow them. And for him to, to finally break free of that was really, really cool it it was definitely a moment where i just kind of i exhaled i was just like oh like all the tension finally just suddenly went out because it is a very tense moment where uh, you think fives is gonna is gonna shoot plunko and then and then somebody finally does shoot him and it's just like oh whoosh all that tension (laughs) do you were you frustrated that there wasn't basically a next chapter like explaining the fallout of what happened on umbara how do you mean? What would you wanted to see? <clears throat> I wanted to see if there was any repercussions of fives and Tup not following a Jedi's orders. I want like if a Jedi was killed by troopers, I think that that would raise some serious uh, questions and investigation. Uh, I think all they had to do was be all like. He was an evil Jedi. He wanted to join Dooku. Actually, it was even easier than that. All they had to do was say, he's a separatist. And everybody's like, cool. <laughs> because, I mean, it's made clear in a lot of the Padme episodes that people's thinking has gotten very black and white. And all you had to do really is say, that person's a separatist. And then that is just understood as that person's a bad guy. I mean, you know? he did coordinate two sec two different battalions of clones to basically kill each other with the expectation that quote unquote, the enemy has our armor and has disguised themselves. So (laughs) kill our men basically. Oh no, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not trying to like defend Pon Krell here. I'm just saying that like, I don't think there was going to be much fallout or like an investigation of, Oh, Troopers killed a Jedi. How dare you, troopers? No, the troopers just had to be all like, he was a separatist, and all the Jedi would just go, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe. Because, Did... well, because if, if a clone trooper killed Dooku, no one would care. No. Yeah. No. Like, sure, he used to be a Jedi, but eh, you're a separatist now, and in Clone Wars terms, that equals bad guy. I guess I've watched too much Crimson Tide and... Um... <laughs> like military shows like that where 
if you disobey you. orders, you you have to go against the jury. Yeah. Well, this is a little bit lighter. And it's only fair. I'm not saying minutes. that we shouldn't take this stuff. Exactly. It's only 22 minutes. And I'm saying I'm not saying like we shouldn't take it seriously or hold it to a high standard. I'm just saying it, they're ready to move on to the next adventure. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the other Days thing, need saving. The mm-hmm. other thing I was really hoping to find is more of a backstory on Pong Krell because he's such an interesting character design and oh, character okay. as well. Mm-hmm. So basically his whole backstory is clouded in mystery where they they don't even give who his master is um mm-hmm. like snoke <laughs> no i'm not saying his master snoke i'm just saying he's like snoke yeah. just clouded in mystery it is clouded who mystery. was he in who was head, he don't know <laughs> I, I have a head cannon and i want to see if you think i'm smoking crack or whatever um yeah do you think dooku mm-hmm. could have trained him after qui-gon um how do you mean again well, okay, so Dooku tries to turn Obi-Wan, who's basically part of his legacy um, Jedi. Right, to, like to his join, grandson. His grandson, <laughs> to join him and to become, um, to fight Darth Sidious in Attack of the Clones. So, like, he kind of reaches yeah. out to Obi-Wan to, to convert him to see his side of things. So mm-hmm. I think Dooku's natural... Um, tendencies is to go through his own line of, of um, legacy Jedi. Okay. So I think that Punkrell would also be a very great counterpoint to Qui-Gon Jinn, where Qui-Gon Jinn was accepting of um, people that are different in um, like Jar Jar. Like Qui-Gon accepts Jar Jar, where Punkrell absolutely would not and he's just kind uh, of a counterpoint to Qui-Gon. Okay, so you feel like the way uh Dooku trained Qui-Gon, it would be kind of like a weird black mirror version to watch him train on Krell. Absolutely. You know, where yeah. he just has this like the exact opposite of his former student. Okay, I see what you're saying. That would be kind of fascinating. I think I think Dooku would be down for that because Dooku was he, he Hungry for allies, I think. You know, any anything he could to to get a one up on Sidious, he was absolutely down for. The trick would be hiding all of this from Sidious, which is very very hard to do. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the whole reason Dooku had to kill, or yeah, that's the whole reason he had to try to kill that's Ventress harsh. was because yeah, exactly because Sidious was like, mm, I know you said she's just an assassin, but it seems an awful lot like you got an apprentice there, so I'm gonna need you to kill her. And Tuka was like, she's oh, getting a little fine. too powerful. I'm not comfortable anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Sidious was just all like, okay, so if Dooku and Ventress decided to team up and take me out, that would be that. Would wouldn't be a good day for me. Like, I still think he could do it, but it would still just be, that's just not something he wants to deal with. So Sidious defaults on what he always defaults on, just pitting people against each other. He's like, okay, Dooku, go kill Ventress. And Ventress is like, nah, son, I'm out. <laughs> so like, yeah, Pongkrell, I think, would have been much the same way where he would have gotten so far along before Sidious went, no, Dooku, it's either you or him. One of, one of you has to die. Yeah. Unless Dooku was able to keep them hidden somehow. I don't know. But we're getting to like crazy fanfic territory. I'm not saying I'm not into it. I'm just saying <laughs> that's where we're going. <laughs> I, I just really like Punkrell. Like he's no, cool. yeah. awesome. And mm-hmm. I would really be here for him to be a counterpoint to Qui-Gon. Like, but yeah, that is just my head. I just, man, I just, I would, if you, he was so upset with the Jedi and so like fed up with the war and stuff and like no, I'm not the Jedi are so naive. I don't I'm just completely disillusioned or whatever. Why didn't he just go open a diner? That would have been that would have been so much better than all this nonsense. Like just have him go get himself a couple droids since he likes droids so much and wants to just boss people around, get a couple droids to, you know, wait on customers. You want a cup of Jawa juice? He could have been so happy. He had just a imagine him, like that the Jedi were yeah. going to lose. And he wanted Maybe. to rule with Dooku. 
maybe maybe he should have changed that vision to like instead of spinning lightsabers he could have been flipping flipping burgers. flat cakes that's all yeah right it's <laughs> just eating flat cakes it's also <laughs> another vision that the jedi hear of that they don't investigate and they don't pursue to find out answers they just yeah. blow it off yeah, that was kind of their problem in the prequels, was just blowing stuff off, going like, you know, so many people were like, hey, I think this is worth investigating, and the Jedi just going, nah, sounds fake. Um, fake news. I'm sorry, I have to give you one more mental, yeah, ugh. I just got to give you one more, uh, one more mental image, and that's uh, okay. Dex with uh, double-bladed, or double-sided uh, frying pans. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's a frying pan on one side and another frying pan on the other side. Just think just... of how many burgers he could man at the right? grill at the same time. Yeah, with like, you know, they're like bruised blue cheeseburgers. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, because, uh, you know, this is the prequels, right? So that means that, you know, a wonderful Baru is somewhere on Tatooine discovering her love of making blue blue milk cheese. So all we need to do, you know, is uh, get her in contact with Plon Krell, and he can open up his diner. And she can make blue cheese for his diner, and he can put them on the burgers. Yeah. Blue milk cheese on his crazy, his crazy burgers with four patties. Yeah. <laughs> that was the dream. We could have had it all. We could have had it all, Plon Krell. Messed it up. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. Uh, I've had it. I've had it up to here with you, Plunk Crawl. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've written a lot of fan fiction tonight. Apparently, I'm writing Tarkin slash Anakin. I'm writing about <laughs> Peru's blue milk cheese. <laughs> Her aspirations. <laughs> I take a big old bite of that like quadruple patty burger and careful not to choke on those aspirations. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I dream too big. I don't fly too close to the sun. Uh, I can't help it. I need I need more Dex's diners in the world. You just... I think you made a tweet of the Anakin and Tarkin and just some of the looks they gave each other. <laughs> I did. There was a whole thread. It made I me made laugh a whole real bad. Where it... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, no, I made a whole thread on Twitter about the meaningful glances that Anakin and Tarkin give each other. And my favorite is at the very, very end when uh, when Anakin watches Tarkin walk away and Tarkin can't bear to look back. And I'm just like sitting there quoting Shakespeare all like, good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> That's like, I actually tweet, I like wrapped up the whole thread by going, wow, this is the most important thread I've ever made. And I stand by that. I'm telling you, you're <laughs> ripping Padme's heart out. Uh, I she'll she'll get by. She'll figure it out. <laughs> the queen would not approve. The queen doesn't need to know. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, next, that was fun. We will when we talk about Clone Wars again. We will kind of wrap up the fives arc. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Oh fives. No spoilers yet, but oh fives. I guess people people can probably guess already what happens to fives if they haven't watched it. They wish they should. They should all watch it. Uh, I know it's real tempting to watch the mall episodes instead, but <laughs> trust me, watch the fives arc. <laughs> it's worth it. We will get to the mall episodes, and we will definitely spend some quality time on those. Trust mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think you would let us do anything less. No, of course. Oh, let's see. But yeah, I think that about wraps things up here for our Clone Wars talk. What do you think, Brian? Absolutely. I agree. Cool. All right. Well, I think I want to read out the review that we got this week. We got a review? We did. We got a review on iTunes, which, of course, um, if uh, anybody listening would be so kind as to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We would certainly appreciate that. And if you um, go on there, say something nice in your comment, I will read it out. 
which is what I'm going to do now. This is from uh, a lovely listener named Madison, who I'm like 98% certain is the Madison who's been uh, interacting with me a lot on Twitter lately. So welcome, Madison. Thank you so much for your kind words and for, uh, you know, reaching out to us on Twitter and stuff. Uh, This is what Madison has to say. Entertaining and insightful. Lots of fun and full of laughs, but also great if you're looking for in-depth discussions and analysis. Even as an extremely dedicated Star Wars fan, I always learn something new or hear something presented in a way that I hadn't thought of before. Keep up the good work. Madison! Wow, that is super nice. That's so nice, Madison! Thank you! Oh my gosh, I'm blushing so hard. I'm so glad that, one, that you think we're fun and full of laughs. That's just like... That's my goal every day, all day. <laughs> and also, thank you so much for, for uh, saying that we always present something new. Um, that That's great. I Gosh, that was so nice of you, Madison. Thank you. Thanks. That is super yeah. cool. Thanks. Yeah, that's really cool of you. Thank you. Um, you're uh, Of course, we appreciate you listening, and we super appreciate you um, taking the time to write in. That's just, that's wonderful, and that fills our heart. <laughs> What's the Yoda quote? It feels brings warm feelings to our hearts <laughs> now that's the best way to yeah. <laughs> to express gratitude <laughs> pretty much bring in my see, little green friend that's... <laughs> see seeing your kind comments brings warm feeling to our hearts ah <laughs> So, gosh, yeah, if um, if people want to uh, uh, rate or review us, uh, please do that on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, you can do that on Twitter at MoonJockeysPod, or you can always email us at MoonJockeysPodcast at gmail.com. Brian, if people want to reach out to you personally, where can they do that? At Balls and Play on Twitter and Instagram. That's wonderful. And if people want to keep up with me, you can follow me at Poe Hot Dameron. Prepare yourself for lots and lots of rants about my Star Wars feelings, much like this podcast, but in text form. (laughs) But until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And just remember that the Force will be with you. Always.